here for a reason. Breaking down the Brotherhood, one prayer at a time. Right on, right on, right on. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right on Radio. You are here for a reason. Yes, indeed, you are here for a reason. Welcome to Right On Radio. My name is Jeff. I believe I've got a really great show for you today. Of course, today is October 31st, and much of the world is celebrating something called Samhain. And those of us who are in the know know that that involves sacrifice and offerings. But I don't want to focus on what the devil is doing. In fact, I've been praying for over a week about what this show would be. And I came up with a really simple equation. What would Jesus do? You know what? All the things that are important to the other side, the blood, sacrifice, offerings, they're important to Jesus too. But how often do we talk about those things from his point of view? Today we're also going to be doing communion for the first time here on Right On Radio. I'm going to be playing a, a song in just a moment. It's a few minutes long, so if you want to get away and get some elements and partake in the communion with us, that would be awesome. Uh, communion is a very personal thing, and you're making covenant with the Lord, essentially, uh, in my opinion. It's a very serious thing, but it's a good thing. And Jesus said to do it often. So uh, we're going to be doing that. But just bear in mind, um, I've got a lot to go through tonight. I don't think it'll be that long of a show. We'll be doing communion towards the end. But I really think the Lord has given me some words. And it's for us, not just for me. So without further ado, let me uh, let me play this song. Uh, because we're talking about sacrifice and offering, I'm going to play Offering by... Paul Bloch. The sun cannot compare to the glory of your love. There is no shadow in your presence. No mortal man would dare to stand before your throne, before the Holy One of Heaven. It's only by your blood, and it's only through your mercy. I bring an offering of worship to my King. No one on earth deserves the praises that I sing. Jesus, may you receive the honor that you're due. Oh Lord, I bring an offering to I bring an offering to you. The sun cannot compare to the glory of your love. 
There is no shadow in your presence. No mortal man would dare to stand before your throne. Before the Holy One of Heaven. It's only by your blood. And it's only through your mercy, Lord, I come. I bring an offering of worship to my King. No one on earth deserves the praises that I sing. Jesus, may you receive the honor that you're due. Oh Lord, I bring an offering to you. I bring an offering of worship to my King. No one on earth deserves the praises that I sing. Jesus, may you receive the honor that you're due. Begin offering to you, to you, my King. I bring it offering to you, Lord. Oh, my King, Jesus, my King. Begin offering to you. To you, my King. Oh, it's the least that I can do. Sacrifice of praise, offering thanks and gratitude. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time together. Lord, on this day, which is your day. Lord, we pray against evil in the world, but Lord, we pray all things through you because all things are possible through Jesus Christ. And Lord, we focus on you. We do the opposite of the world because you have called us to be out of the world. You have transferred us into your kingdom, Lord. And Lord, so we act accordingly, seeking your face in offering, and in worship to you, my Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray for each one that's listening, Lord, and I pray the Holy Spirit will speak through me. Lord, these are your words. Lord, I don't want to mess up the interpretation, and your word says you will give, your Holy Spirit will give the words that are right. I have faith and I believe in that because you are faithful and true to your word as you are the word of God. Lord Jesus, bless everyone here that hears the sound of my voice, whether live or during replay. Bless each one and bless your word. Well... Yeah, folks, I th think I got a good one for you here tonight. Um, I spent a lot of time, a lot of time reading in the last week and particularly today, you know, going through the festivals and things like that because, you know, the Lord always had something and the enemy just is a copycat and perverts things and does the antichrist thing, does the opposite of Christ. Well, we want to know, Lord, what you had for this day or this season, this season of harvest. And, 
you know, I've gone through all the festivals and I, I'm going to read a little bit to you, but not get too deep into them. But I have some specific observations that I want to share because I've struggled for the last couple of years anyways, and not really before the last couple of years, but just the last couple of years. Should we be doing these festivals of the Old Testament? And certainly there's people who live in a certain geography or who are scattered around the world who celebrate these festivals. But when I look at what the Bible says, and then when I look at what man in this world does, they're not in alignment. The Bible and Deuteronomy specifically where it lays out all of these festivals and how to prepare and what you are to do. I would say in this world today, there's very few that keep those. But people who claim to keep them have altered them because they're not bringing a goat and two calves for each family? Are they using the specific mixtures? Are they, because as far as I know, God did not offer a variance to these. But what I want to discover today, and we're talking about sacrifice, we're talking about offering, and really, we want to know the heart of God and what pleases God and the blessings that come from that when we actually walk with God. So, Hello to everyone in the chat. I see a few very wonderful people there. Thank you for being here, everyone. I want to start out with, I'm just going to read fractions of the festivals. And I'm going to start in Deuteronomy 23, verse 20. And there's a couple things in here that are important. I'm going to read 20 to 22. <clears throat> this is after learning the preparation and everything of the bread. The priest shall present the bread with the two lambs as a special gift to the Lord for the priests. These offerings are holy. On that day, do none of your daily work but gather for worship. Your descendants are to observe this regulation for all time to come, no matter where they live. I'm going to come back to that part. When you harvest your fields, do not cut the grain at the edge of the fields and do not go back to cut the heads of the grain that were left. Leave them for the poor people and the foreigners. The Lord is your God. So just looking at this, as I said, I don't believe, and, and look, I'm not, I'm not a Bible scholar, and I don't pretend to be. You guys are seeing me learn in real time, and many of you know the Bible much greater than I do. But I don't see a variance on these festivals. They're very specific. And it says, and, and it says this after all of the, uh, the feasts, for instance, it says for observe this regulation for all 
time to come. And I wondered about that. Man, it sounds like we should be doing it. And Holy Spirit, if I'm wrong about this, please correct me in real time. <laughs> but instead of just saying for all time, the Lord says for all time to come. What are all of these sacrifices in that pointing to? They're pointing to Jesus. They had to be without blemish. They had to be without spot. Jesus had to be without blemish, had to be without spot. He had to be without sin. They couldn't use an animal that was deformed at birth. You know, let's give the Lord this one. It couldn't be that way. It had to be perfect and had to be the best. Going right back to Cain and Abel, folks. It had to be the best for the Lord because the Lord supplies all of our substance. But for all time to come, hold on to that. And then verse 22, I want to repeat. When you harvest your fields, do not cut the grain at the edge of the fields and do not go back to cut the heads of grain that were left. Leave them for the poor people and the foreigners. The Lord is your God. The Lord is saying, share your provision with others. Don't store up all this stuff in your house. And I'm not against material possessions. You're not going to hear that from me. You're not going to hear that from me. But do not put your faith in them. You know, what's that parable of the one who put all of his, uh, the rich man who put all of his crops in the storehouse? The Lord said, I demand your soul tonight. I'm paraphrasing. But leave them for poor people and for foreigners. Is that an offering to the Lord? When you let people glean as they need? Is it a sacrifice? Yeah, maybe you could have made more money selling it off. The Lord is your God. I'm going to jump right to the New Testament here. Because we're talking about the law. And this is the law. It was the law to, that they had to do these things. In Matthew 5, Jesus says, Do not think that I have come to do away with the law of Moses and the teachings of the prophets. I have not come to do away with them, but to make their teachings come true. Remember that as long as heaven and earth last, not the least point nor the smallest detail of the law will be done away with, not until the end of all things. Every little detail of the law is still in effect. So, do we have to bring goats and calves and grain and barley and prepare it in a specific way and bring it to a priest to su put supply burnt offerings to God? Well, Paul was a man filled with the Holy Spirit. You're going to get to know the heart of God in this. I, I know it. Romans 3, verse 19. Now we know that whatever the law says, 
it speaks to those who are under the law. So that every mouth may be closed and all the world may become accountable to God. Because by the works of the law, none of mankind will be justified in his sight. For the law comes knowledge of sin. You see, the purpose of the law and the reason why the law is still in good standing. Same God yesterday as today. It's because we would not know what sin was unless the law was given to us. But Jesus came and fulfilled the law. By his blood. Why is blood important to the other guys? Because it's important to Jesus. By his blood is the only way that you escape the wrath of God and his law. It's by his blood, not by any works. If it was for works, you would boast. Oh, look at me. I am clean. No, you're not. You're filthy as rags. But thankfully, your rags are blood-soaked by Jesus' blood if you're born again. Galatians 13, verse 15. Through him, then, let's continually offer up sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips praising his name. And do not neglect doing good and sharing for which such sacrifices God is pleased. God is pleased when we praise him. The fruit of your lips is a good fruit. Is your heart in it? Do you really believe? Galatians 6 verse 9. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we don't give up. Proverbs 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all of your produce. Man, many of us have fallen short, myself included. Galatians 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. You see, folks, the world buys and sells and trade and commerce. But God's kingdom sows and reaps. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. The Lord is telling you, when you give to him, he will honor you. 
I love this verse. Matthew 6, 26. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? I just want to jump right back to Deuteronomy real quick here and just read what I read before. When you harvest your fields, do not cut the grain at the edge of the fields and do not go back to cut the heads of grain that were left. Leave them for poor people and for foreigners. The Lord is your God. Now I want to, because we're talking about sowing and reaping, and we've also learned that, you know, it is a sacrifice to worship. It is your sacrifice to worship. But it's sweet and it's pleasing to God. Can your worship be an offering? Yes. The first fruits of your labor? Yes. What could that be? How about if you're raising a child? Maybe you're doing homeschooling. What if you started with the word of God before you got into arithmetic? Putting him first. He knows your heart. And these are the things that are on his heart that please him. We are his bride. We certainly want to know what pleases our groom master. This is very telling, just to offer you some contrast. Matthew 6, verses... Uh, Starting in 26. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others, truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. When you offer to God when you sacrifice something in your life, maybe you're holding on to something that's not good. I'm holding on to a bunch of stuff that I'm working on letting go. In fact, I'm working on that tonight as part of this communion. I want to offer myself more of myself to the Lord. And I don't say that so I get a reward from you or get praise from you. That's why I played that song. No person deserves your praise. I'm just being real with you as an example. Because if someone preaches from on high, other than Jesus, you know, it's pretty hard. I just want to be real with you. 
here's the story that you should all be familiar with. The rich young ruler from Matthew 19, starting in verse 16. Excuse me. And someone came to him and said, Teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may obtain eternal life? Good question, right? And he said to them, Why are you asking me about what is good? There is only one who is good. But if you want to enter life, Keep the commandments. Then he said to him, which ones? (laughs) And Jesus said, you should not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and your mother. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these I have kept. What am I still lacking? (laughs) Jesus said to him, If you want to be complete, go and sell all your possessions and give them to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. But when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. So Jesus knew what he was going to ask, this enthusiastic young man. And I'm sure he was a good man. He says, what shall I do to get eternal life? And Jesus says, there's only one who is good. (laughs) So in other words, he's already telling him, look, I know you haven't kept the commandments. Dude, you're a sinner. You're going to pretend to Jesus that you've never told a lie? Really? (laughs) That's why he lists out the commandments, which no one can keep. When it says give false testimony, that's telling a lie, folks. Um, Your parents didn't teach you. You were born into it, and you lied on your own the first time. Make no mistake. Nobody except Jesus lived perfect life. So Jesus really already tells him that he cannot do it. But I think Jesus sensed he was a good guy, and I'm just giving my opinion here. He was a good guy, and he was zealous and wanted to know the answers. But Jesus said, because he's asking about eternal life, says, if you want to be co- if you want to be complete, go and sell your possessions and give them to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. But hold on. Going and selling your possessions so you will have treasure in heaven does not make you complete. If any of us could do that, And we could, it would be an amazing thing to be able to sell everything and just, okay, I would just, Jesus, wherever do you want me to go? And I'm going to eat from the side of the road. I'm going to do whatever, but I'm going to just work for you. If any of you are able to do that, your treasure in heaven will be immense. Maybe someday we will do that (laughs) by force (laughs) because you can't buy or sell. But Jesus says, and come follow me. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one goes to the Father except by him. But Jesus gave him the best advice. Don't worry about these things. They're not important. Your treasure in heaven is much greater. And I think this really strikes to the heart of God. And that's why I read about the, you know, don't 
be tight, you know, giving in front of everyone so they see you or anything like that. And, and listen, don't get me wrong. Sometimes someone's going to see you giving. Don't worry about that. It's what's in your heart. If you're doing it to get the attention, that's bad. If you're doing it because it's really from your heart, that's good. And it's pleasing to the Lord. You know, maybe you're at a, a charity auction and you're able to give a generous gift. And you, you know, raise your hand and you give the greatest bid. And yeah, you'll be celebrated by the people there. But where's your heart at? And if you did it in a boastful way, I would say you got your reward, pal. But if your heart is right, he did it for the right reasons. I'm just saying there's exceptions. We have to know the heart of the Father. But God loves your sacrifice. And God loves your offering to him. It's always to him. And of course, just to close out that story. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly, I say to you, it will be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And when the disciples heard this, they were astonished and said, then who can be saved? And looking at them, Jesus said to them, with people, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So it is very difficult for a rich man because a rich man has to protect his wealth. And the camel through the eye of the needle, that's a whole other teaching, obviously related. But it isn't the fact that Jesus doesn't want you to have great possession. Can he trust you with great possession? How much can the Lord give you without having you stumble? The Lord wants to give you everything because everything is his. And the more he gives to his kids, the more he takes away from the enemy's kingdom. Make no mistake, the Lord wants to bless you. And he wants to give you things that you can flow through you charitably and help the poor and help the sick and help the elderly and help advance his kingdom, which is all about salvation. By giving to the poor, they might give you their ear and say, why do you do this, good man? It's because the Lord Jesus, it honors him. They might want to know Jesus. But how much can you handle before he makes you stumble? If you were to win a lottery, let's say, do you know most people it ruins their lives? Most people's relationships fall apart immediately because they think everyone's just out to get their money. So they lose their relationships and then they think, oh, I've always wanted that dream house. And they spend tons of money on it, not knowing that that property tax keeps coming every year and your insurance is higher, and your maintenance is higher, 
and you start burning through all that money. Oh, and you probably bought a yacht and traveled. I'm not against anyone winning the lottery. I don't play them myself, for the record. But you have to understand, would it be a blessing? Oh, I'd just give my 10% and I'm a good Christian. I'll give my 10% and uh, and then 90%, that's me, baby. <laughs> Do you think that pleases God? That's why it's so difficult for a rich man. He can have everything in this world. He doesn't need God. God desires that you and I need him. Rely on him. Talk with him every day. Sing his praise. Offer sacrifice. You know what else Jesus said? From Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. Are you weary and burdened? <laughs> Living in this time? If you're not, man, you have a great relationship with God. <laughs> Congratulations. And I will give you rest. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is comfortable and my burden is light. So if you take Jesus's yoke, what does that mean? And I'm going to be finishing on a couple verses here. And we're going to have communion right in between here. But in Matthew 9, verse 37, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, plead with the Lord of the harvest to send out more workers into his harvest. Would it be a sacrifice to you? To be a worker in the field? Could that be an offering to your Lord God to be a worker in the field? Folks, if we're in the end days, and according to the first century apostles, we're in the end days. So if we we're in the end days then, <laughs> we're in the end, end, end days. Are there, how many more days are in front of us? I can't tell you. I can't tell you. But it certainly feels like it. And certainly all the boxes are ticked. So let us do communion. For the first time here with this community. And thankfully my uh, lovely wife has joined me. Here you go. Man. And my dog too. Here. <laughs> dog. <laughs> it's for, for Boomer. Ah. <laughs> uh, He's been in here the whole time.
you know, why do we do communion? I think, it, and, and I'm sure there's people a lot more deep in the word than I am. But he wants you to remember the most important thing. And that's what he did for us. And there is not, I can't repeat it enough. There is nothing more important than salvation in this world or from this world into eternity. And when we take communion, I consider personally, I consider when I pray at each meal to be having communion with God. And look, I, I don't do a ritual. You know, a lot of the time we'll hold hands and we'll say, Lord, thank you for this meal. Thank you for your provision in our lives. You know, may you put it to good use in our bodies. Amen. Like it might be that simple sometimes but we're doing it in remembrance of him. And of course, sometimes much better prayers are said around our table. That's when, uh, when my wife says, them. <laughs> but Matthew 26. Now, while they were eating, Jesus took some bread and after a blessing, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take and eat, for this is my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is the blood of the covenant, which is being poured out for many forgiveness of sins and just before we take the element remember this is right before he went to the cross and he knew he was going to the cross and he said this is my blood which is being poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. Praise you, Jesus. I'm just going to close with these couple verses. If you want to be an offering for God, you need to be sacrificial. And what are you to do? Well, after the tomb was empty, the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated to them. And when he, they saw him, they worshipped him. Take note of that. They didn't just say, oh, look, there he is. They worshipped him. 
But some were doubtful, and Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Thank you for being here, everyone. It's uh, been an honor to share this evening broadcast with you, have fellowship and have communion with you. May God bless each and every one of you. And remember, be loved, be blessed, be the Berean, and simply believe. <laughs>